You have been listening to sermon audio from Day 3 Church. We invite you to join us for one of our worship services. For more information, visit day3church.com. My name is Wanda, and this is my story. I was born in Granite Falls, North Carolina. I have two sisters and one brother. Um, I was saved at a young age. I don't remember exactly what my age was, uh, but I do remember singing from the time I was five years old until I was 18. Growing up, I had a special relationship with my dad and when he died of a massive heart attack when I was 17 years old, it was devastating to me. Um, I joined the Air Force uh, in October of that year uh, to start a new life. Um, I continued to attend church uh, in the places I was stationed. I met my future husband, Eddie, uh, at the base chapel in Wichita Falls, Texas. We had uh, one daughter, Pamela. Um, after eight years in the Air Force, uh, Eddie decided to uh, get out of the military to pursue a career in music. Uh, it was quite a change uh, in my life when he um, went into music. Uh, the late hours at the club, um, the temptations that he faced, um, the um, late hours on Saturday nights um, led us to quit going to church. Uh, it, he got off 2 o'clock in, in the morning and that was it. And um, during this time, um, it was a real challenge for me because this was definitely not what I thought my life would be. Um, he and his group uh, traveled uh, on tour to Las Vegas and California, and um, they were gone for about six months. When they came back, um, Eddie confessed to me that um, he had been unfaithful. And we separated for a couple months and then reunited. Um, I did forgive him um, for the unfaithfulness. However, I lost a lot of respect for him. Um, he did get out of music and uh, in the next uh, five years, we lived in Texas. Um, we moved back to Oklahoma uh, and he decided to go back into music. Um, after living there several years, he came to me and asked me for a separation um, because he wanted to pursue his career on his own. Um, I was to find out a little bit later that he had been having an affair with a close friend of ours. Two months after uh, I, my husband left me, I learned that I had malignant melanoma in my left arm and left leg. Um, I have never known such fear in the pit of my stomach. Um, I had many surgeries 
and experimental immunotherapy. Um, and the doctors really didn't think that I would survive. Uh, although God had brought me through this illness, uh, I became a very angry person. Um, there were months of recuperation. Uh, I had um, experimental immunotherapy, which they only uh, used for uh, people they knew were going to die or felt they were going to die. Um, I had all these ugly scars on my body, a painful swollen arm and leg to live with, and my husband had deserted me. A couple of years later, I met another man who loved and accepted me with all of my scars and pain. We were together for 12 years. Unfortunately, he was a compulsive gambler and womanizer, and after much emotional pain, we divorced. Uh, but I'm happy to say that he has now become a Christian and is serving the Lord. After the second divorce, I moved around quite a lot, uh, trying to find my way. I felt lost. Um, and eventually, God opened the door for me to come back home to North Carolina. And it was the, my heart's desire to be here. And my nephew invited me to day three um, to visit. And after a couple visits there, I knew I was home. Um, and home was something that I hadn't had in a long time, or I didn't feel like I'd had in a long time. I had started over so many times, and I prayed this was my last move. I mean, so people, people ha go through stuff all the time. Uh, I'm not the first, and I won't be the last. Uh, but I did, even though I wasn't always living in God's will for my life, I always felt Him in my heart. Um, and that's how I made it. Uh, through everything. So he, I don't think he deserts us. Just when we're his, he always has us. My story is God's story. morning. We're doing this uh, series that we've called God's Story, and the basis of uh, that is that God um, wants our lives to be His story, and He deals uh, with our lives in, uh, in a lot of ways. Uh, we're talking about perseverance today, and uh, I appreciate uh, Wanda. Wanda, I know that was difficult. Uh, probably, but I appreciate Wanda being willing to be transparent and uh, and share with us. Uh, you see, you never know what's go what's gone on in the past or going on behind the scenes in somebody's life, because what you have the opportunity to see every week is you come in, especially those of you that check in children. 
for our children's ministry, uh, you see Wanda's smiling face uh, sitting there uh, greeting you, uh, being sure your children are cared for, being sure that they are checked in. And she's very faithful uh, in doing that as one of our volunteers. <clears throat> so just from seeing that side of her, it would be hard for you to understand <clears throat> all the things that she's faced, both relationally and physically, uh, health-wise, uh, in, in her life. Uh, now, we've kind of done this each week. So, um, and, and Wanda, and, uh, do, you, do you mind stepping up here just for a second? I know you, you don't like this stuff. Do you mind doing it just for a second? Because we've done it with everybody else. <clears throat> and... Uh, I want to give you a chance to do that, also give you a chance to raise your hand and say that you'll continue to be praying for her. She's got kind of some issues with her eyes, maybe facing an eye surgery coming up, so let her know that you'll be uh, praying for her uh, in that. One, I appreciate you sharing with us uh, and everything. Most importantly, because uh, the way she made it through this stuff, and that's what we're going to talk about today, is because she had a relationship with Jesus. So we need to give Jesus a hand, and he needs to be the one that we... Uh, perseverance doesn't sound like fun because that means you're going through some junk and issues in your life. But God even wants to use those things as part of his story in our lives. Uh, just to kind of lay the groundwork, I want you to see what the word that's translated most of the time in the New Testament is perseverance and what will be true in our text today. We're going to be in Romans chapter 5, uh, starting in verse 1 in just a moment if you want to turn there and follow along in, in your Bible. But here's what the word means. It means a cheerful or a hopeful endurance. Uh, that's almost opposite of what we feel uh, many times in the flesh or in our emotions and our humanity when we're going through difficult things. Normally, we don't necessarily feel cheerful or hopeful about it. And yet, as Christians, we ought to have the ability to do that, to have a cheerful or hopeful endurance. It means we have a constancy. Uh, enduring, patience. Sometimes uh, it is translated in some uh, versions as the word patience instead of perseverance. To have a patient continuous or waiting. The root word means this, that is built on. The root word means to stay under. And to be honest with you, that's the exact opposite of what we want to do when we are feeling pressure in our life, when we are going through suffering or tribulations and trials in our life. Instead of us saying, oh God, I want to stay under this as long as you want me to, our human response is, God, get me out from underneath this. God, I, I don't like what I'm going through. I don't like what I'm facing in my life right now. And kind of a natural human response is for us to try and flee or get out from underneath the pressure, get out from underneath the difficulty, try and run away from the tribulation. When this word tells us the opposite ought to be what we do as Christians. We need to recognize God lets us experience good things and bad things. But whenever God lets us experience bad things, it is not God being mean to us. Instead, it is God wanting to use it to work in our lives, to transform us, to be more like Christ. So when we're going through difficulties and tough things, instead of just saying, God, I don't like this, get me out from underneath it, 
Our focus as believers ought to be, God, I want to learn what you're trying to teach me. God, I want you to use whatever it is I'm going through right now to make me more like you, to make me more uh, like Christ. It even goes on, talks about bearing trials, uh, means tarrying behind. In other words, you're, you're willing to stay behind and stay underneath the pressure instead of trying to run from that pressure. We ought to have a cheerful disposition, even in bad times, to say, God, I don't really like this. It's not fun, but I know you're in control, and I'm going to trust you to be doing what you're doing right now in my life and that you'll use it for a good reason, that you'll use it for a good purpose. Uh, like I said, we're going to be in, in uh, Romans chapter 5, and uh, let me just read those verses, and then we'll kind of break it down as we go through uh, the message. Uh, Romans chapter 5, verse 1 through 5, kind of the end, we'll touch verse 6 at the end. But the Bible says, therefore, since we've been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Now, most of all, that's positive, and we'll talk about that, but notice the change takes place here. It says, not only so... But we also rejoice in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance. What we're talking about today, perseverance produces character. Character is producing hope. And hope does not disappoint us because God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit whom he has given us. We're going to look at those verses and and try and understand a little bit more about how God is wanting to use perseverance in our lives. Now, guys, I'm fully aware that today is Father's Day. We've already given away a prize and things like that. I know it's Father's Day, not the typical Father's Day message. I almost rotated around our schedule because last week we talked about adoption, and I thought, man, adoption would be a really good Father's Day message, but I decided just to leave it alone for this reason. Perseverance can be a pretty good Father's Day message also. Because dads face a lot of junk in this day and time. Dads face a lot of temptation, a lot of pressure, a lot of trial in this day and time. Moms do also. I mean, it seems like in the culture that we live in today, all of us are experiencing more and more pressure in our lives. Uh, don't think of it just as suffering. Think of it as pressure, and you'll understand that more as we, as we go into the message. So, so what is it that God wants to do with perseverance? How is it? that God wants to take perseverance and use it uh, in our lives. To help us understand that, we're going to look at two main thoughts. First of all, the basis of perseverance as Christians, the basis of our perseverance as Christians. Now, understand, I'm saying as Christians. If you don't know Christ as your Savior, it would be a great time at the end of this service to do just that, to meet Him and trust in Him. But the things I'm going to talk about perseverance today, if you're not a Christian, you don't have access to Now, that doesn't mean turn me off because you're not a Christian. You need to listen to these things, and you might think, you know what? It sounds like it's worthwhile becoming a Christian, trusting in Christ. But we don't don't want to look and understand what the basis of our perseverance as Christians, uh, some things we can identify in verse 1 and 2 that gives us a foundation, a reason why, a basis, why you and I who are believers, who are Christians, ought to be able to persevere. We ought to have the desire to persevere. We ought to do our best to persevere because of these things that we're about to talk about. Uh, Verse 1 and 2 say that, Therefore we've been justified through faith. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. If you'll just look at that as I read it, you'll pull out some huge things probably 
that give us a reason why we ought to persevere, through whom we've gained access by faith into his grace, in which we now stand and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. What's the basis? What are some reasons why you and I as Christians can persevere? Here's the first reason why. As Christians, we can persevere because of this. We can persevere knowing that we have been justified through faith. Christians can persevere knowing that they have been justified through faith. He said that in verse number one. We've been justified through faith. Think about all that means. That word justified means this. It means to render or regard as innocent. It comes uh, from a word that also means to be innocent, holy, or right. What really you're talking about when you think about the biblical word justification or justified is this. God declares us as righteous. God declares us as holy. God declares that we belong to him. Even though we're sinners, God, when we receive Christ as our Savior, looks at us in that moment and he says, because of what Jesus has done on the cross, I now look at you just like you have never sinned. That's a good way to remember what justification means. You can break the syllables down. If you've been around me very much, you've heard me say this a lot of times in messages, but the word justification, a way for you to translate that in your mind, is to think about it in those terms, just like you've never sinned. Now, now apply that to you facing perseverance in your life for a moment. If you understand that because of your relationship with Christ, God looks at you just like you've never sinned, that ought to really kind of empower you to have the desire to persevere for Him. Instead of giving up, instead of being cast to the wayside, instead of getting off in a ditch somewhere when you're going through problems and difficulties in your life, instead of just saying, I don't like this, I'm just going to kind of stop reading my Bible, praying, going to church, and everything else because the problems I'm, exist, I'm experiencing in my life, instead of doing that, you and I who know Christ ought to take this attitude. Because I have been justified. Because God declares me righteous. You see, some of you have problems with that because you don't feel like you're very righteous. You know, we're not by ourselves. That's why we need Jesus. Because of what Jesus did on the cross, because Jesus is righteous, because Jesus is sinless, because everything that Jesus did on the cross for us, when we by faith believe in him, God declares that we are like we have never sinned. Now apply that for a moment. You're going through a tough time, don't give up. Don't quit praying, don't quit reading your Bible, don't give up on on Christ. Here's what we ought to do, guys, because I know God, the one that's holy, looks at me and he's declared me as though I have never sinned. That ought to motivate me to keep going, to keep going, to persevere, to stay under whatever the pressure is, to learn the lessons that he wants to teach me. If I'll just remember that, that I have been justified, I've been declared righteous by God. Did you notice he speaks in the past tense there? He doesn't say one day you'll be justified. He says there we have been, past tense, justified through faith. When you have faith in Christ, God has justified you, and you need to let that motivate you to persevere. Look at the second thing we can get out of this passage of Scripture as a basis or a foundation or a reason why we ought to try and persevere as Christians. Christians can, Christians can persevere because they have peace with God. 
We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ is what he says. Break that verse down a little bit. Let's look at some words that uh, the Holy Spirit used there as he was having uh, Paul to write these words. Next, next slide. Let's look at some of these. The word study peace means to join or to join together what was once separated. Here's the deal. Before we received Christ as our Savior, we were the enemies of God. Because we were sinners and God's holy, there's this big dividing line between us. We're at war with God. We're not at peace with God. Our standing that we did have was with Adam, and because of Adam's sin, we're sinners. And we choose to sin ourselves. So we were at war with God instead of being at peace with God. Now when we receive Christ as our Savior, God takes us and he makes us at peace with a holy and righteous God. Because he declared us just as though we've never sinned, we are also now brought back together. Instead of being separate with God, we've been brought back together and joined together with him. Paul said there, we have peace with God. Now, the word have means this, to hold is a possession. In other words, it's something you own. It's something that you hold. It's a condition that you have. It's a relation that you're in. So what he's telling us is this, because we have a relationship with Jesus Christ, we hold as our permanent possession a relationship of peace with God. Our condition now between ourselves and God as Christians is one of peace. The relationship we have between us and God at this point in time, because we've received Christ as our Savior, is one of peace. We hold as our possession peace. Now, tribulation is not fun. Suffering is not fun. Problems are not fun. Trials are not fun. That's why in order for us to persevere and have the attitude that we're going to persevere instead of looking at the problem and the issue, we need to focus on these things he writes about here. I need to say, I've got peace with God. I've got peace that is my permanent possession. I own peace with God because of what Christ did for me on the cross. And I need to let that peace that I have with God give me peace no matter what the world is doing to me, no matter what I'm facing, no matter what I'm going through in my life. I need to own the fact that I now have peace with God because of what Jesus did for me. He said we have peace through, and they talked about the Lord Jesus Christ, through Christ. The word through actually means the channel of the act or the cause. Here's why you and I can have peace with God. We can have peace with God through what Jesus did for us on the cross. I can't have peace with God any other way. You can't have peace with God any other way. You can say on your own, God, you know, I'm tired of fighting against you, and here I am. I'm going to try and do good works and everything else and earn my standing before you, and that will not get it done. That will not bring you peace with God. Through the channel of the act, through what Jesus did, through Jesus dying on the cross for our sins, and when we trust in him and receive that by faith, it is through Jesus and only through Jesus that we experience peace. Maybe that's why he's called the Prince of Peace. And if we would understand that, and if we would focus upon the reality that we have peace with God, instead of focusing upon the problems that we're going through, it would really help us. Look, look at a statement I wanted you to see on the screen. Just a statement I kind of made on, uh, on all those word studies. Paul tells us this, that we who are, were sinners, we who are sinners and who used to be the enemies of God, are now at peace with God. 
It is a peace we hold as a possession, a peace we own, a peace that is our condition, a peace that is our relation or relationship to God. And this happened by Jesus Christ being the channel of that. Jesus caused or opened the door for us to have peace with God by shedding his blood on the cross. How does that apply to what we're talking about today? How does it apply to persevering? How does it apply to us making it through the junk in life? Think about you having peace with God instead of thinking about all the junk that you have. Instead of thinking about all the issues that you're going through, change your focus and think about the peace that you have with Him. Another basis or another reason, another foundation why we can practice perseverance is this. Christians can persevere knowing they have access to everlasting grace. Look at what's said in that verse. Through whom, talking about Christ, we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. One reason why we ought to persevere in the midst of all kinds of suffering, trouble, pressure in our lives is because as believers, as Christians, we know based upon what God tells us here that we have access to everlasting grace. Look what some of this means. Through whom, talking about Jesus, once again, the channel of the act, we just talked about that, through what Jesus did on the cross, we have gained the word gained is the same word that was translated have that we looked at earlier. It means to hold as a possession. We hold as a possession access. That means simply admission to God. We have access to God who is three times holy, 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 holy. All of us who are sinners, 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 not just three times, a million times. We have access. We hold this access to God's grace, in which, and the little word therein uh, literally means this, a fixed position. When you look at it in the Greek, it's a position of rest. It's a fixed, permanent position. So what God is telling us is this. Through Jesus, we have or hold as our possession permanent access in a fixed position to God's grace wherein we now stand in the word stand because of the word in meaning a fixed position implies that we permanently stand in God's grace now it don't look like you're getting this because if you're getting this you ought to at least have a smile on your face and some of you might ought to be running the aisles or shouting or you know doing something you see here's the deal we all deserve to go to hell maybe I should have started out with that okay we're going to talk about that all in July. That's an encouragement to you, isn't it? Every Sunday in July, we're going to talk about hell, you know. But maybe you just need to wrap your mind around that and understand that's where we deserve to go. But because of what Jesus did for us, we can have this unswerving knowledge that through Jesus Christ, Christians have as our permanent possession God's grace in which we stand in a fixed position. Guys, you need to understand how huge that is. 
See, the devil wants to make you think you don't have a permanent position in God's grace. He wants to make you believe it's still based upon your performance. It has never been based upon your performance. It's all based upon what Jesus did on the cross. That is finished and done. So when you trust in what he did on the cross, you are brought into this permanent relationship of having access to God's grace. Always you have access to God's grace. Oh, but you don't know what I'm going through, Pastor. You don't understand my suffering. You don't understand my perseverance. I do understand this based upon what the Bible, I don't care what your emotions tell you or what my emotions tell me. The Bible tells me as Christians, there is nothing so difficult or so hard that we might be having to go through to persevere that we can't get access to God through it because of His grace. No matter how bad it is, we ought to have a foundation, a willingness to try and persevere through whatever we're facing because of God's grace. Look what Hebrews, maybe this will help you see why. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place, there's a time that you didn't have that, and I didn't have that, and no one had it. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place. We did a series on the tabernacle a few months ago. You remember what the most holy place was? That was a place one time a year the high priest could go and pour the blood out. And then he had to do it exactly like God told him to do it, or he's not coming out on the other side of it. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place, how? Not by the blood of lambs or goats, but by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way open for us through the curtain that is his body. We can go right into the very throne room of God, is what he's saying, right into the very presence of God. Since we have a great priest talking about Jesus over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and full assurance of faith. You and I, not because of who we are at all, but because of what Jesus has done for us, you and I can approach holy God with a sincere heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled and cleansed from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. We can approach God because of what Jesus has done for us. So when you are facing persecution in your lives or suffering in your lives or difficulty in your lives when you're going through problems in your life you need to understand something change your focus don't sit there and think about the problem think about this i have permanent access to god's throne let that be your focus let that motivate you to persevere christians also can persevere have a basis for persevering by doing this We can persevere by rejoicing in hope. That's what he says in the last part of verse 2. And we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. That could be translated, we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Now, we can't boast in our own works. We can't boast in our own goodness. It's not of works, lest we would do what? Boast. We can't do that. But what we can boast about is the cross of Jesus. What we can boast about is the finished work of Christ. We can rejoice, we can boast or vaunt or have joy or or rejoice in the hope that we have in the glory of God. That word hope, once again, means a confident expectation. It doesn't mean I hope so, like we use the term today. It means that we are confident that it will take place. We are rejoicing in the hope of the glory of God of God. That means maybe instead of whining when we're going through problems, 
we ought to stop and think about, I've been justified by faith. I have peace with God. I have access to grace permanently in my life. Instead of whining about the persecution or the suffering or all the stuff we might be having to persevere in life, what we ought to do is rejoice. Instead of sighing, maybe we ought to be singing. Instead of being worrying about the pain that we're going through and focusing upon the pain that we're going through or the pressure we're going through, maybe we need to be expressing praise. Instead of staying focused on the hurt that's going on in our lives, we need to have hope, a confident expectation, it says, of the glory of God. Now look at that more than just in one way. I think it applies both ways. I ought to rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Yes, thank God, one day because of Jesus, I'm going to experience the glory of God in heaven. That ought to be part of it. You might be going through junk now. Hey, this isn't your final home. This isn't where you're stopping at. There's a better place for you to go. So that ought to be part of our focus as we're going through junk in our lives, as we're having to persevere things in our lives, for us to stop and understand, I'm going to rejoice in the hope of the glory of God because I know ultimately what's coming down the pike, ultimately what's coming at the end. But not just that. Don't just live with that focus. We ought to also be rejoicing right now in the hope of the glory of God in anticipation that God in some way is going to show His glory through our lives for other people to see. When you're going through tribulation and problems, that's fine. Stay focused on heaven. That's part of it. But not just that. Realize as you're going through the difficulty, just maybe God wants to show His glory in your life. Just maybe the way you face cancer. Just maybe the way you face a relationship breakup. Just maybe the way you face a job loss. Just maybe the way you face persecution in your life. God wants to use that to glorify himself. Because here's the deal, guys. God can use our pain to impress others when they see us faithfully following Jesus a whole lot more than he can when everything's just a cakewalk and everything's fine and everything's smooth in our lives. Perseverance may not sound like it's fun because it means we're going through difficulty and problems. But because of everything that we have as a Christian, because we've been justified, made like we've never seen, because we have peace with God, because we have a permanent access to God's grace, we ought to be rejoicing and all those things together ought to help us persevere when we're going through problems. If we'd focus on those things. Second main thing I want you to get this morning is this. Not just the basis for perseverance, but I want you to see if you can't discover in verse 3 through 5 the focus, what the focus of our perseverance as Christians ought to be. How should we look at perseverance? How should we look at going through trials? How should we view going through problems? How should we... Try and understand what God is wanting to do in our lives as we're having to persevere in going through issues. The Bible says, verse 3 and 5, not only so, but we rejoice, we also rejoice in our sufferings. Now, all the stuff we just talked about, if you're a Christian, you're pretty cool with rejoicing, aren't you? Justified by faith, hey, we ought to rejoice over that. Peace with God, 
ought to rejoice over that. Ought to be happy about that. Permanent access to God's grace as believers, man, we ought to be pumped up and happy about that. We ought to rejoice about those things. And some of us probably wish, well, I wish Paul had shut up or God hadn't told Paul to write this down. Because after he just gives us all those things we ought to rejoice about. Now he says, not only so, but we also rejoice in our sufferings. Because we know that suffering produces some things. Suffering produces perseverance, and perseverance is producing character, and character is producing hope. And that hope that we get does not disappoint us because God has poured out His love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit whom He has given us. Easy to rejoice about good things. What about when it's bad things? What about when we're facing difficulty? What about when things are very tough? How do we go about rejoicing then? You see, he said in the very first part of verse 3, not only so, but we also rejoice in our sufferings. Not only so, but we also rejoice in our sufferings. Your focus and my focus as believers should be this. I can rejoice in good times. I can also rejoice in bad times. I can rejoice when everything is great in my life. I can rejoice when the bottom drops out. No matter what it is that I'm facing in my life, I can still rejoice. Guys, to be honest with you, we ought to look at it as an opportunity. Whenever we are going through something that we feel like we have to persevere, that we have to stay under, that we're going through, a problem or a trial that we're facing in our life, we ought to understand that that is an opportunity. We ought to view it in a positive light. And here's why. Look at what these words mean. The word not means absolutely not. It's an absolute negative in the Greek. Absolutely, we should not. The word only so, when it says not only so, means merely. So not only so, not merely should we just rejoice about the good things. The word but literally means other things. There are other things we ought to be rejoicing. The word rejoice means to boast, to vault, to rejoice. We just saw that a moment ago. But now we're talking about doing it when we're facing negative things and bad things in our lives. It said we ought to rejoice in our sufferings. The word in that's used in the Greek is the same word we saw a minute ago when it said in which, and it means in a fixed permanent position. Think about that. As Christians, even when we're going through difficulties and trials and suffering, it ought to be our fixed permanent position that we're going to rejoice anyway. That we're not going to move our rejoicing and our praise from God just because of our circumstances. Things were going good, oh, hallelujah. Now things are going bad and we act like we don't even know God. Instead, we're going to say, I'm going to have a permanent relationship of rejoicing and praising God and worshiping God in my life no matter even if I'm going through suffering. Some translations say tribulations. The word in the Greek means pressure, affliction, anguish, persecution, trouble. The root word it was built on means to crowd or to rub into a rut or a worn track comes from a Latin word in Paul's day that was used to describe 
a heavy sled, wood sled, with spikes in it. And what they would use this trabellum sled for, that was the name of it, they would put the grain out in a threshing floor. And then they would take a horse or a donkey or whatever, and they would tie this heavy sled, and they would run this heavy trabellum sled, wood and spikes sticking out of it, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth over the top of the grain. And what would happen as they were pulling this heavy sled across the grain is this. It would separate out the usable part of the wheat or whatever the grain might have been, the barley. It would separate out the part that you could eat, that you could use, from the part that was no good, the chaff. So as this sled was going back and forth, back and forth, the grain that was underneath it was under pressure. And it was being worn down into a rut. And many times, guys, that's the way we view tribulation or suffering or problems in our lives. It's like life has just got a heavy sled on top of us with spikes. And it's just rubbing back over us, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, grinding us down into the dirt. To where we feel like we're down in this rut. That's the word that he uses. And he's telling us that we need to view suffering in a positive light. That we're to rejoice even in sufferings. That we're to be willing to stay underneath it and allow God to use it for a positive purpose. A guy by the name of Kenneth Foreman uh, read, found this quote by him this week. And he says, we rejoice in suffering not because pain in itself is good, but because it is the engraver's tool in which he creates lines of beauty on the life. God's wanting to use suffering and trials and problems in our lives. That's why he wants us to persevere and stay under it, because he's wanting to use it for a good purpose purpose he's wanting to use it to bring about more lines of beauty in our lives he's wanting to use it to make us more like christ as he puts us through these trials and these problems a lot of times as christians we just think well i've got hope for the future that's true we do thank god for that don't we have hope for the future Heaven because of Jesus. But guys, as I kind of alluded to earlier, that's not the complete picture. We ought to have hope for present circumstances also. We ought to have hope for whatever we're going through and understand whatever we're going through right now in the current time in our lives. That God is using it for a reason. That God is using it to bring about change and transformation in our lives. How can we look at it like that? Look at the second part of verse 3 and see what it says. After he says, not only so, but we also rejoice in our sufferings. Here's why. Because we know that suffering produces perseverance. 
The word know literally means to see. We see full well that suffering, the problems, the trial that we're going through in our lives, that sled being pulled back and forth over our lives, the pressure that we have in our lives, we know that it produces, it's working in our lives to do something. Here's a way we ought to view suffering or persecution or trial or problems in our lives. God is producing something in our lives when it happens. When suffering is in my life or in your life, God has started a production company. God is wanting to take your life in the problems that you're facing in that moment. And God is taking the suffering that you're going through, the pressure that you're going through, and God is putting you on His assembly line, and God is working on your life. He's got a production line going, and He's working on your life like this, and He's working on your life like this, and He's working on your life like this. As you go down the production line, as you are remaining underneath the pressure, God is doing something. You see, instead of thinking about it being bad, and guys, I understand, I'm as human as you are. My first reaction is bad things I don't like. Amen? Is that where you are most of the time? Instead of us doing that, instead of us just thinking, this is bad, <laughs> we ought to also do this. If you know Christ is your Savior, you ought to be thinking, I wonder what God's up to. I wonder how God's going to use this to make me more like Christ. God's got me on His production line right now. God's wanting to produce something in our lives. And what we're going to do is we get ready to, to close in a few moments. We're going to take a few minutes here and just talk about what God is doing on His production line. We're going to talk about some things that God is wanting to produce in our lives. Here's the first step in his production line. Suffering produces perseverance in the lives of believers. That's what the verse said. Because we know that suffering, going through the pressure, that trabellum sled, heavy sled with the spikes in it, doesn't sound like fun. And it's on top of you and it's running over the top of your life. But we know that suffering produces perseverance. Suffering is producing perseverance. I told you some translations say patience. We looked at what the word perseverance meant earlier when we first started the message. It means a cheerful hope. Uh, it means endurance. It means constancy. It means enduring patience, a patient continuous. The root word means to stay under, to be willing to stay underneath whatever it is. It even means to tarry behind. So the way you and I need to view suffering or tribulation or problems in our life is this. God has me on his production line. This suffering is there to develop more patience in my life to where I'm willing to stay underneath whatever it is so he can use this suffering in my life to make me more like Christ. Instead of fleeing from it, instead of trying to run from it, I need to have the desire and you need to have the desire to stay underneath it. Interesting Definition for the word, the very last thing I said, tearing behind. Illustrate it for a moment. Consider that you're the grain that I talked about earlier. And you're there as a human. And someone has brought you out. And they said, we're going to treat you like grain. We're going to take this trabellum sled, heavyweight wood with the spikes on it. And we're going to lay you down and we're going to drag it across your life across your body. 
How many of you are going to say, I'm in for that, I'm good with that, I'm going to tarry behind a little bit? Or maybe you might say, I'm in for the first step of it. Let's see how it goes. And the sled comes across your life, and it's painful, and it hurts, and you're bleeding because of it. And then they say, well, we're not done yet. So now, since you've experienced the pain and the suffering of it, how many of you are going to say, I think I'm going to tarry behind and experience a little bit more of that? Now, let me add something to it. You've got to factor in the ultimate goal. What if you understood it is making you more and more and more like Jesus? That's why we need to have the desire and the willingness to tarry behind, to stay underneath pressure, to stay underneath the suffering when suffering hits our lives because it is producing something in our lives and we need to be willing to stay under it until God's finished. Can I give you an illustration for why we ought to do that? Jesus, when he was nailed to the cross for our sins, he stayed with it until he had finished everything that God wanted to accomplish. Amen, didn't he? You and I need to have the same attitude as his followers. God, whatever you're doing with this pressure in my life right now, I am willing to stay under it until you're finished. Until you have finished chiseling away at my life. Until you have finished working on my life. God's got you on a production line. That's what perseverance is about. Suffering is producing perseverance or patience. Patience or perseverance produces this. The next step in God's production line is this. Perseverance produces character in the lives of Christians. The word character means a test or trustworthiness. It means experience that you've gone through. It also means proof. The root word meant acceptable, approved, tried to think or to sing. If you roll all that together, here's the picture of what God is saying. Character is Christianity, our Christianity, proven out in our life. It's being proven out through what we're facing. Suffering and going through trials and problems in your life, it's a proven ground. Think of it like that. When you're suffering and you have pressure on your life, you're in a proven ground where God is is going to prove your character. He's going to prove to you that the relationship that you have with Jesus is vital and it's real. It's almost like as you go through suffering and you face it with Jesus, He's proven to you through the experience that you really know Christ, that you can really make it through problems in life. And as He does that, that builds more and more experience. God is wanting to take suffering in our lives and prove to other people that we're authentic. Prove to other people that we have indeed this Christian character that God's put in our lives. Suffering produces character in our lives. You've got an old piece of driftwood that's faced water rushing against it and rushing against it and rushing against it. Some people just look at that as an old piece of driftwood. Some people take it and use it and make art out of it and things. And they'll look at it. And as you look at the driftwood, because of all the places the water is way into the wood, it has character that it didn't used to have. That's true of our lives, guys. God 
as we go through pressure and problems and trials, if we'll stay under it and persevere, He is developing character in our lives. He's proven to us we're real. He's proven to others that we're real. It's developing character because as we go through these experiences with Him, it lets us know that we can make it through. It lets us know that we can persevere. Next step on God's production line is this. Character, that's what the perseverance has been bringing about. Character produces hope in the lives of Christians. It said, and character hope. The word hope means to anticipate. Usually with pleasure, it talks about an expectation or a confidence. Get the full picture of what we're talking about on being God's, on God's production line. The suffering might not have seemed like fun, but he's using it. And that's why you need to stay underneath it. That's where the perseverance comes in. You need to stay underneath it because as you stay underneath it, he's developing more Christian character in your life, more experiences of having gone through things with Christ in your life. And what that does is this. Those experiences produce hope. It gives you an anticipation. It gives you pleasure and expectation for the future that you face with God. For the next trial, for the next suffering, for the next pressure that comes in your life. Because you made it through by staying underneath and God used it as a catalyst in your life. God used it to transform your life and you made it through the last suffering, the last trial. That gives you hope that now when the new trial comes, you can make it through. You have a confident expectation as suffering starts to hit your life because you look back at the history you have. With your relationship with God. The suffering came. I stayed under the suffering. God used it to bring good things in my life, even though it wasn't fun and I thought it was going to be negative and I thought it was going to be bad. And He did it then and He did it then and He did it then. Now there's new suffering on the scene, but I have now hope. I have a confident expectation because of how God helped me make it through all the past junk all the past suffering, all the past issues that you have in your life. That's the full picture of what he's doing. When we face suffering and tribulation, our willingness to stay underneath that serves as a proving ground for him to develop character in our lives. And we have not just an anticipation of heaven, we also have an anticipation of our next step, the next time we go through suffering, the next time we have to face the future. And no matter what comes, we have hope that we can make it through because of the character that God's built into our lives. Because of what suffering has already done and how God's already used it in our lives, it gives us hope for the future. One last step on God's production line. Hope produces confidence. Hope produces confidence in the lives of Christians. The Bible said, and hope does not disappoint us because God has poured out His love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit whom He has given us. All the stuff that we go through, all the problems that we go through is giving us confidence, the hope that we have because of all that we've been through with Christ, how He's helped us, how He's developed us, how He's used even the bad things in our lives to mature us and make us better people, better Christians, more like Him. Now that hope is producing confidence in the future that we face. The Bible says hope does not disappoint us. The word does not means absolutely does not. 
it will absolutely not shame you down. It will absolutely not. You'll never be shamed down or disgraced or caused to blush and think, you know what, God just didn't get me through. I'm ashamed in the fact that I trusted in Jesus to get me through this. He's saying that absolutely will never happen as a Christian. Because the character that you have, that he's developed in your life, through the suffering and the pain that you've been going through, now gives you a confidence for the future that you will never, ever be disappointed in God helping you make it through the issues, God helping you make it through the pain. You'll never, ever be disappointed in what happens is you're persevering because of what God has done for you in Christ. Because of what God has done for you in the past, you'll never, ever be disappointed. Why can that be true? Well, look at the second part of the verse. Just, just wrong by that, Darrell. I think I'm just going to come back. Suffering is, well, we missed something. Okay. Uh, the reason that can be true is this. He said that he's poured out his love in our hearts and that he's given us the Holy Spirit. That's why you and I can have confidence in our future. Because of how God's helped us through our past. The suffering and the pain, good times and the bad times. We understand that we will never be ashamed. We can always make it through for these two reasons. God has poured out. He has gushed out into our lives His love. And He's given us the Holy Spirit. And because of that, we can make it through whatever. Look at this illustration. Here's what suffering is like. Suffering is like pressure that's put on carbon or just a common, dirty piece of coal. You know what happens over a period of time? You know where diamonds come from? There's carbon or coal in the ground. And it experiences pressure over years and years and years and years. And that old common piece of coal that we just thought you'd throw and burn to get a little bit of heat or fire out of it, wouldn't think much about it. I've never seen anyone going around with a big piece of coal on their finger, have you? Big piece of coal hanging around their neck. But over a period of years and years, thousands of years of pressure, 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 down in the earth, that common piece of carbon is eventually turned into a diamond. And I'm just telling you, that's what God wants to use pressure in your life, suffering in your life, difficulties in your life. So it might help you if you tell yourself this. When you're going through suffering, pain, tribulation, problems, instead of wanting to run and get out from underneath it, you need to persevere and stay there because here's what God's doing. He's wanting to turn you into a diamond for Jesus. Let's pray. Father, Lord, we, uh, God, I admit, and Father, I think every believer here would just admit in our, in our flesh, in our, in our humanity, in our emotions, when, when we face suffering, it's, God, it's never fun. It's difficult, God, for us to want to stay underneath it and allow you to use it in our lives. Father, I want to thank you personally for how I've seen people like Wanda, who you have used pressure in their lives, problems in their lives, 
to speak to them. To make them more like you. And God, why initially the pain and the suffering and the problems that they were going through were not fun. You used that to transform their lives. To make them into the Christians, the people that they are now for you. Lord, I'm not sure what people here today might be facing. I'm sure in this number that there are several people here that are feeling like they are under pressure. God, that maybe feel like that sled is being pulled back and forth across their lives and they're, they're experiencing the pain of it and the pressure of it. They feel like their lives are just being ground down into the dirt. Father, I pray first of all, if that's a person that knows Christ, that you'll help them to see that you're really at work in their lives, that you have a production line going, that you are changing them to be more like Christ. But Father, also during this time, whatever it is they've been dealing with, if they've had the wrong focus, if they've been bitter about the problems or the pressure, Father, help them right now just to bring it to you and ask you to use it to make them more like Jesus. Father, if there's someone here that does not know Christ as Savior, I recognize they too may be going through many problems and trials. But Father, help them to take the first step this morning by saying yes to Jesus. And by having taken that first step and said yes to Jesus, you can take them and put them on your production line and begin to change their life. Thank you, God, for the hope we have in your glory one day. A time when all the pressure that we faced here, all the worries, all the concerns, all the pain, we'll forget about one day because of the glory that you have waiting for us. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Two other things before the band plays. James chapter 1, verse 1 through 4. The Bible says this, James, the servant of God and the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes scattered among the nations. Greetings. Consider it pure, pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. And perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. That's God's goal. That's what He's wanting to do in your life. In verse 6 that I did not read until this point in the message of Romans chapter 5 says this. You see, at just the right time, we were still powerless. When we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. You want to know why you ought to persevere? Because when you were ungodly, Christ died for you. That's why you ought to have the desire to persevere. And if you don't know Christ as your Savior, you need to recognize that this morning. You don't have the power or the ability to save yourself. But Christ still died for you. You might not like being called ungodly. Can I be the first one to step in line and say, I'm ungodly? You're ungodly. We've all sinned and we all fall short of the glory of God. But He died for me and He died for you. So if you don't know Him this morning, why not come?
to Sermon Audio from Daythree Church. If you have any questions about God, faith, or our church, email us at info at dayfreechurch.com. And for more information, find us on the web at dayfreechurch.com.